Hi there and welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the ESPN Footy Podcast. My name is Marissa Lordanik and I am so excited to be able to say that footy's back. We're only days away from the start of the AFLW season and the ESPN Footy Pod is so excited to be covering the comp this year. Before we begin, though, I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording on today, the Wurundjeri people. We acknowledge their elders past and present. We're so excited to be talking about footy today. It's not just me. However, I'm joined by two absolute legends, AAP's Anna Harrington and ESPN's own AFLW expert, Marnie Vinyl. Friends, the season is basically here. We have a heap of stuff to talk about. So let's get straight into it. We'll run through each of the clubs, do a bit of a season preview. We'll talk about some of the big stories that have already emerged. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about COVID and its impacts on these seasons. And obviously, we'll do some predictions because they're always fun to look back come season's end. But let's start with the Crows. Adelaide, we'll go alphabetically because that's easy to do. Harrow? What do you make of this Crow side heading into 2022? I think they're one of those teams, Adelaide, that along with Brisbane and Melbourne in particular, you always expect to be there or thereabouts because they just get it done. They're consistently good. You can back in their, not to be a cliche, you can back in their processes. They've got the most reliable stars. Um, I know Erin Phillips is clearly in the twilight of her career, but um, Ebony Marinoff, I think, just gets better and better every year. She's um, jumping the gun here. She's she is my player to watch in um, in terms of in terms of Adelaide, and I've I actually tipped her to to take out the best and fairest this year as well. So I just I just think they're always a known quantity. You always know what you're going to get. They're reliable, um, and I just think they're going to be thereabouts again. I know, I know they lost Chloe Shear, who's a who's a pretty handy player, but I I just it's just one of those teams where you go every year you can kind of count on them to be there or thereabouts and I just don't see that changing this year Marnie. With Adelaide yeah I agree I feel like they are consistently just a powerhouse and they've got such good names you know Erin Phillips, Ebony Marinoff as you mentioned and I think that this will be the last year they've really got before Port come in so they'll be really striving to uh, get the flag I think. Chelsea Randall is just always, always so good. Like she, uh, she's one of my favourite players to watch in the um, in the AFLW. Has been since those exhibition games when she was playing for Melbourne, and she largely played as a forward then. And obviously, since then we've known her as more that centre half back. But I honestly think you could play her anywhere, and she's obviously such a such a quality leader, quality person, and just when you've got a when you've got a player like that, it's um, yeah, it just makes a it makes such a big difference I like what you said there Marnie about with Port Adelaide coming in I've also seen I think in the official afl.com.au preview it was talking about a potential last roll of the dice with some of these older players maybe maybe getting on a little bit but like I said you just yeah you you just back them into to always be amongst it obviously we have to mention um no Denny Varnhagen we know has obviously sat out the season because of uh, vac- COVID vaccination reasons. So that that's a, as far as players go, that's not a player you want to be losing from your defence, but it's kind of been so long since she's made that decision now that you'd think they'd have, I guess, well and truly moved on in that regard. Um, I don't really expect that to affect them necessarily on the field come round one now. I'm glad you guys mentioned the port thing because I think it does 
even if it's maybe not something that the crows feel themselves, there is that kind of wider, we'll say, magpie almost hanging over their head of what's going to happen when Port do enter the competition. But let's keep moving. We've got lots of teams to get through. So next up, Brisbane Lions, the reigning premiers. Money, you wrote a piece for ESPN about the Lions and how they, even though they're successful, one of the best teams in the comp, reigning premiers, there's still an element of the wider footy public underrating them. So explain to us a little bit about that. So with the Lions, ever since the league began, they've kind of had this tag as the underdogs. They made, you know, the inaugural grand final. And then the following year, no captain of any opposing side picked them to make the grand final again, which I just feel is wild. Um, And, you know, in the five grand finals that the league's seen, they've made four of them. But yeah, even last year, it felt like everyone just rated them as an underdog. No one really were threatened by them. You know, all these teams are talking about who they're like most scared to play or what have you. Um, and so, yeah, and they're reigning premiers. So they got the premiership last year. And this year they'll be going in with basically the same team. You know, they lost their captain Zilke, which will be a big loss. And they lost Lauren Arnell. But apart from that, they're basically the same fit out and they're also a really young team which is so exciting because they've only got room to grow so to be at the top of the game and still have all of that room with all that experience I mean I would be scared of them if I was another team that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) interesting thing for them to deal with is they're gonna move to I think it's their fourth home ground in the space of just a few seasons that's something that they're gonna have to deal with again um moving up to Marucci door um I also felt for them as reigning premiers getting their their round one fixture changed um because of obviously the the Western Australia border being closed and that um that game with West Coast West Coast are now playing Fremantle round one so that's pretty I think it's pretty rough thing to cop first up when you're the reigning premiers but they're the sort of team that just thrives on showing their resilience. Um, we know that they lost players um, to raids again and again with expansion clubs. You think of your, um, well, not just expansion clubs, but, you know, we even saw players like in the past, like Sabrina Frederick and Taylor Harris move on, Kate, Caitlin Ashmore, like players that they've managed to find a way to replace Kate McCarthy. And as you say, Marnie, they're just there about every year. Craig Stasovich is just a top coach, top person, one of, um, you know, his record speaks for itself. You don't consistently make grand finals without being a very, very good coach and, and organiser. And they have some real class, like players like Ali Anderson are just so reliable and just just keep on coming. And um, we know, obviously, what like a Kate Lutkins can do and in terms of not only defending but launching stuff from defence. And it's all well and good to say you can stop these players, but, you know, doing it's another matter. And it's kind of like what I said about, what I said about Adelaide, like you, you just expect them to be there or thereabouts. And do we, I mean, do we really expect anything different again this year? And I'll jump the gun as well. My player to watch is Courtney Hodder um, of the Lions. I think she's just so exciting. Like she delivers those moments that do just get you on your feet. And I'm just like, how did that happen? Like, how did she possibly do that? So she's my player to watch. And also because then you can do the pun, it's getting hotter in here, which is my favourite thing to say at the moment. <laughs> That did make its way into our AFLW Top 20 article, which you can check out on ESPN.com.au. Just a cheeky little plug there. But I think there is a lot to like about this Brisbane side. So I do think, I think we've all kind of said that they should definitely be in the finals conversation once again. So very interested to see how they make it through this season. 
let's come down to Victoria, Carlton. They've lost a fair few players, so it's a real interesting time at Princess Park. Harrow, how are you kind of seeing the way that they've built this team going into 2022? You can't argue they're big losses. I know things obviously went sour with Taylor Harris towards the end, and she clearly wasn't finding her best form. And to me, that seems that move seems like on the surface at least a win-win. It may well slant in Melbourne's favour, but given she was, you know, not at her best for Carlton, it seems like a good move for both parties to move on. But she's a quality player and she's arguably, if not one of, the best contested marking player in the AFLW and contested marking. We should have got our stato from Champion Data here. And I think contested marking is something is still at a premium in AFL AFLW. Um, but Chloe Dalton, I think, is a pretty um, tough player to lose, even though I know she sat out the last season um, because of her Olympic um, plans in terms of rugby sevens. I, I, I thought she was excellent when she was playing for them. Um, and Jess Hosking is a pretty reliable sort of, you know, hard-nosed player that, that they'll miss. I do like that they've grabbed um, Jess Dalpos. I reckon she's a super player. Um, she's so classy um, and combines with a few of those ex-Darabin players like Aliso Day. I think I think Aliso Day will actually be better off for having that full first season under a belt at Carlton after playing um, for so long at Melbourne. Um, but yes, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Um, I think the the one thing you can count on, especially after their really good season last season, is Darcy Vessio again being that focal point in attack. Um, you know what they're capable of. Um, can sort of spark goals from anywhere. Really lead from lead from the front. And I liked for Darcy that they. I believe they won Carlton's best and fairest last season as well, which just, you know, shows the the leadership and high, high esteem they're held in. Um, one good thing, I guess, in terms of Carlton is otherwise, apart from losing some of those big names, there is still a lot of consistency there. I mentioned Vessio. Karen Harrington, no relation, is just so rock solid and such a strong leader there. And you just, you generally do feel that they're always going to be a threat, no matter what game they're in, as a general rule. I think... I think that's something that you can kind of count on with them. But, yeah, as, as to where they finish, um, it's it's hard to really pick. Um, I mean, Marnie, what's your what's your views on, on Carlton? I feel like you've kind of just nailed that. Um, that's exactly how I feel about them. One thing I do think about Carlton, though, is that they're a very popular club, so they always get a good turnout and they've always got that kind of fan backing. And I'm so interested to see how they're going to go in round one against Collingwood because I think a lot of people are kind of picking Collingwood to do really well this season. But uh, I just jumped on to our tipping comp to have a look before this. Um, Carlton are by far the favourites to win in that round. So I'm really interested to see how it matches up and what actually happens out on the field because they will be looking to like regain that competitive side status that they really did lose last season. I was interested seeing... Um... Some ratings of Maddie Prasparkas, I think in the AFL player ratings, they had her down at something like number 19. I just reckon she's a top player and um, I don't know how much she's motivated by individual rankings or those sorts of things. But this is a player who won the, the league best and fairest as a kid, really. Um, I think when you've got players like that doing the grunt, grunt work around the stoppages, you're always going to be in a good position. Um, and I think Lucy McAvoy is, is a promising player who's just going to get get better as well. Um, they'll, I think they'll also be, they'll be stinging a little bit after sort of dropping down the ladder last year. And the thing in footy is you always see someone jump up and you always see teams, obviously some sliders. And there is just a, this, for all the players they've lost, I still feel that there's enough quality and 
I guess, proven quality and quantity, you know, proven quality of players at Carlton. They're always going to be there or thereabouts. So, yeah, I just don't think you can write them off. You mentioned it there, Marnie Carlton's first round opponent are the Pies. So let's talk a little bit about Collingwood. Third last season, it seems they are building something. Is this the season they maybe make that grand final, Marnie? I actually do have them making the grand final in my predictions. I have them as runner-up. Yes, I think they are looking very fierce. They're a tall side, which I think helps them as well. At the moment, it's very important to have goal kickers. I think a lot of sides in this league really let themselves down. They can get the ball, they can get it forward, but they just can't kick goals, whereas the Pies can kick goals, especially with Chloe Malloy. And now you've got Sabrina Frederick, which we'll have some feelings about <laughs> but um I think that yeah their forward line is looking so good so the Pies defense especially with Ruby Schleicher like how can you get past her I would you know if defense had a best and fairest because best and fairest is really usually midfielders award I think she would be up there for sure so I think the Pies are looking to have a real crack at the flag at least make it to the grand final and at least make it top four Top four's got to be minimum, doesn't it? Like you look at the way they performed last season, the quality they've got, um, and they've obviously recruited as well. I I reckon Chloe Malloy's going to have another top season. Um, She's my pick to take out the goal kicking. I'm ruining all my predictions early, but she's just so reliable. Um, I hope we never see as good as she was when she played back there, that we never see her in defence again because um, she's just, she's not a powerhouse forward, but she's just got the star quality up forward. And I, I get the impression she very much enjoys the ability to try and, um, I guess, win games off her own boot. When you've, when you've got Brie Davey leading from the front, I think you're always going to be in a good position. We know she's a superstar. She was, you know, uh, maybe obviously she tied with Kara Bowers, but she was the standout last season. And they've got so much, I guess, reinforcement around her. Like Jamie Lambert is a quality player. Britt Benici you know what you're going to get from her every single game, every single week. Um, you mentioned Slicer and obviously we know um, Stacey Livingston sort of holding down the fort. I will be interested to see um, how Sabrina Frederick goes. Um, for me, I think there was high expectations at Richmond, didn't necessarily meet them after being really impressive at Brisbane um, and in those exhibition games for Melbourne previously. Um, sometimes a change up can be just what a player needs. And I think it is a good thing in terms of um, – I guess being a foil for Malloy in terms of her presence up forward. But when I've really enjoyed watching Frederick play is when she's gone through the ruck a bit too. And I know they've brought in Alison Downey with um with Shani Layton retiring, but I'll be interested to see the the balance that they strike in terms of what what ruck matchups they use and when and how they use Frederick. Because clearly you don't go after a player like that for no reason. You've got you've got a clear, clear role in mind. And if you can get that sort of forward ruck balance right, then I think she can be a, a valuable acquisition, even even if it is more so as a foil um, to, you know, sort of help out Chloe Malloy that that little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they take out of that finals loss to Brisbane last year and in terms of their physicality, in terms of their aggression, like are we gonna see them really, you know, going hard from the get-go against not to say they're not hard, but like to see really try and prove a point early, especially playing a team like Carlton first up, who are who are so good around the stoppages and around the ball. So, yeah, it's I mean, as I said at the start, it's it's top four or bust, and 
I would say, and grand final is surely the minimum they're internally looking at. A couple of other players I'm excited to see, Collingwood, Britt Benici. I think she is fantastic, so really excited to see what she does. Steph Kiyochi down the wing, we absolutely love to see that. And just in terms of the forward line, Imogen Barnett was, I think, come up from the VFLW side, so really interested to see how she goes into playing with the rest of the Ford 50 and kind of just, I like that she's been rewarded for good VFLW form. Like that pleases me as a concept, but let's keep going. Fremantle, we'll head out west. What, we we spoke a little bit about this before we hit record and you both kind of said that you were flip-flopping on how to kind of process where Freo are at and what they're going to do. So how are you feeling about it today, Anna? What are, what are Freo doing in your mind today? I think they're going to be the Kiara Bowers show, um, but I'm not sure how they're going to kick goals. Um, that's I think that's the big question mark over Fremantle. Like, I mean, like they've lost, we know that they've lost Sabrina Duffy and Ash Sharp, who are two very handy players. Um, it's yeah, I, I don't know. You always look at teams and you go, there's, well, there's got to be one slider somewhere. And we know that Fremantle have been very good. Um, they've got some real quality. Obviously, I mentioned um, I mentioned Kiara Bowers is, is the star. Um, but is there too much being left to Gemma Houghton forward? How are they going to? Yeah, I, I don't know. They just seem, yeah, it's just going to be, I think it's just going to be interesting to see, can they kick enough goals? Like that's the main question mark for me. We know they're going to be able to win the ball because Kiara Bowers is just sensational. If she doesn't win the ball, she drives someone into the ground and then gets the ball anyway. Like, that's not going to be an issue. It's, it's also an interesting season in terms of one of transition and change because, as we know, Cara Antonio has stepped down from the captaincy and it's now going to be Hayley Miller leading them out, though I imagine you could count on on Juddy, as she's known, to still very much provide a lot of leadership around the ground. We we know what Ebony Antonio provides as well in terms of her aggression and her athleticism and um, her marking ability as well. But it's, it's just, is there, can they get all the pieces together to, I guess, once again, be in the mix as a contender or is it going to be, is it going to be difficult? St- I mean, they're still in the window, but I feel like there's more question marks over them than maybe some of the other contenders. Yeah, and with you, that big question mark for me is just can they kick goals? Because you can't win games without kicking goals and that was the big letdown last season. And then the season before that, you know, 2020 was heartbreaking for them. They were looking like favourites and then the season was cancelled. So I was expecting they were going to have a really good 2021 season and just come out firing and they kind of just bumbled in the finals, which was a bit disappointing, I think, for them at least to see. And then, so yeah, with you as well, I'm really curious to see how the change of leadership will affect the side. I don't know the exact stat, but Antonio is one of those players, was was one of those captains that had so much influence on whether the team won or not. Like if she wasn't playing, it was so noticeable. And if she was playing, the whole team felt like they had a boost, felt like they were more con- like cohesive and just knew what they were doing. So Hayley Miller stepping up, I'm sure she's going to do a great job. I have so much faith in her, but I will be interested to see how that changes leadership and how Juddy, how she leads from, you know, not being the skipper. It's going to be an interesting question. So, yeah, I'm also flip-flopping on them. Today I think I've flopped a bit, but two days ago I had them doing real well. So. <laughs> 
I'm also excited to see how Roxy Rue goes again, just because I, I feel like she's always worth watching at, at Fremantle and always makes an impact. So, yeah, Fremantle, they're going to really come out and, and prove us wrong, I reckon, now after we've said all this. Yeah, literally, they'll be like, um, excuse me. I do want to say, though, Roxy Rue voted most likely to be a Marvel character because it's such a good name. It's such a good name. Um, but that's not the point. We're not talking about Marvel. We're talking about footy. And now we're going to talk about Geelong. Only the one win last season. Do we see them building on that, getting better, doing a bit more money? We do. Well, at least I think so. I'm predicting that we do. Um, Nina Morrison coming back, I think that's going to be huge. And I'm sure that you'll have a bit more to say about this. I think you're quite a big fan. But I think she's going to just really shake up that entire playing group and how they look on field. And to compliment her coming in is Georgie Prosparkis, who is getting a lot of hype. She's probably one of the most hyped players that I've ever seen for Rising Star in the captain's day. Only one captain didn't have her as getting the Rising Star, which is just a whole lot of pressure to put on a player. So I really hope that that drives her and means that she can still have a lot of fun and it doesn't put too much weight on her. But I'm so excited to watch her play. She's demonstrated that she can be such an elite midfielder. She can really just dominate and get the ball and make it hers. And everyone that I speak to just raves about her. Every time I'm just like, she's so hyped. People will be like, yeah, but she deserves to be so hyped. So that's that's looking good. So, yes, I think Geelong will get more than one win. Um, this season you heard it here first at least two but yeah they'll they're definitely a growing and a developing side and I don't think I think finals might be a bit of a stretch but we'll definitely see them improve and we'll see them give us the foundations of what will come in the future yeah I think that sums it up pretty well yeah you have to do better than one win (laughs) I think that's a non-negotiable obviously that prompted a change in coach which can obviously offer something really promising in that sense. So I'll be interested to see how they go. They've got off the top of my head a, a pretty pretty brutal um, start to the season as well. Like they play North, then the Bulldogs, then Geelong, then Brisbane away. Pending COVID changes, that's a that's a pretty good way to test your medal early on. And it'll be interesting to see how many results they get out of that, but also what they can show. Again, I, I'm excited to see what Nina Morrison can do off the back of those couple of you know, those couple of years really ruined by ACL injuries. It's such a bad word. We hate we hate that one. Um, but, like, yeah, and, I mean, Prasparkas, it's all the talk. Like, it's, it's difficult when when Maddie's been such a superstar so young and then you get people go, oh, she's just as good or she's better or anything. No pressure, kid. But all the you're hearing all the right noises coming out of Geelong in terms of um, what this kid's going to be able to offer. Um, they'd be just, they would have been disappointed over the off-season to lose, lose Olivia Purcell. I know she was out injured, but seeing her go to Melbourne, not having her sort of come in partway through this season to to add some extra class, um, that that's a, a disappointing loss for them, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it's you know, the pressure's not exactly on Geelong right now, is it? Like, it's really just develop, get the best out of these players, let's see how these how these young kids go. You can always count on Meg McDonald to provide just so much leadership, um, you know, coming out of defence. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I mentioned Chloe Shear um, when I was talking about Adelaide as well. Um, 
she was pretty pretty exciting to watch when she was at Adelaide. So I think that's a, a handy pickup. And I'm going to be interested to see, yeah, how they go. And yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting squad, Geelong, because you've got a few really senior, senior players when you talk about um obviously Meg McDonald and Phoebe McWilliams. We saw um the retirement last year of Astro Connor. So they are in very much this transition period where you've just got a few sort of senior experienced heads trying to bring through a lot of young kids. And I think the main thing you can probably expect is um, is inconsistency because that's what happens with young teams. Um, but as long as you start seeing all, I guess, all the promising signs and things going in the right direction and obviously a couple more wins, then you'd, you'd be pretty happy as a Cats fan, I would have thought. My literal only hope for Geelong is fit and healthy Nina Morrison because, as you mentioned, Anna, that it's just ACLs are so cruel. So to have multiple, it's just an absolute kick in the teeth. So that is all I want from this Geelong side. Healthy Nina Morrison, just that's it. Um, We need to move on to Gold Coast, the unfortunate wooden spooners from last year it's someone unfortunately has to occupy last spot and in 2021 it was the Gold Coast Suns do we see them improving Anna will they get a win in 2022 yeah I reckon they'll get a win uh I mean it has to go better than last year doesn't it they can't possibly cop another winless season another team whose poor seasons saw their coach depart um we know that they are now under under new leadership in in Cameron Joyce up at up at the Suns. And to me, the biggest thing they did was in terms of a real show of intent was getting Charlie Robottom to commit to going in their draft. Like that's huge. Getting the best player in the draft to say, yeah, I'll come to your club that is literally coming off a winless season. Like that's huge. Um, so that's fantastic for them. I think otherwise they yeah, they tried to recruit pretty you know, as well as they could, like, solidly. Like, we saw a bit of what Vivian Saad could do at North Melbourne, so I think that's a handy pickup. Um, Claudia Whitford, another player who probably didn't necessarily make the mark they would have liked to, um, and she was at Melbourne, then St Kilda. Um, so players who are getting a sort of a fresh fresh look at things. Um, but, yeah, I think Charlie Rowbottom is going to be the one that everyone is interested to see how they go. Generally, I mean... It's it's going to be difficult, I think. I think you're still going to see them down the, well and truly down the bottom. I've got them as the wooden spooners. But, I mean, they've they just got to offer more than last year and really, no, that's not even that. They've got to, they, they have to offer more than last year. They have to be competitive. They have to pick up at least one win. And they have to really, yeah, try and make a statement early on. Yeah, similar to Geelong for me, I think, is this season is, yes, a developing year and one to show us what the future will look like. It's like it's it's an opportunity for them to really set the foundations for them to build upon. And they've got the players to do it. I mean, name on everyone's lips, Charlie Rowbottom. It's just again and again, I think that we'll just be hearing her name. We can't not. Um, But Gold Coast, I actually have a soft spot for them. And they do have one of my favourite plays, which is Sarah Perkins. Another, I'm always going to just, I've got such a soft spot for exciting goal kickers, but she's another one. And she can get a side on their feet. And I feel like that's incredibly important to just inject a bit of gusto into a team. And she can do that 
and it makes it fun to watch as fans, which when you're losing every single game, it's pretty important. Um, Marissa, do you also have them as wooden spoon? Not to um, spoil everyone's, like, prediction bit later in the pod, but yes, yes, I do, yeah. unfortunately. I just, it's one of those things, you, you, I'm just going to repeat what you guys said, basically, but for all of the potential improvement that we, improvement rather, that we can see in this team, it's still not enough to kind of catch up to where the rest of the competition is. But much like you guys, very excited to see what Charlie Robottom can do and if she's going to be the center point the focal point of this team or if other people are going to kind of come along for the ride and kind of make something a bit more uh cohesive and a bit more of a a team that we can all kind of focus on um rather than just being like they've got a good player and it's charlie robottom well that's what i think with all of these new players that we're talking about being so exciting and they're really going to lift the team is that they're going to lift other players hopefully that's what you want to see is that they can make their teammates better players as well just by being there and being assists so let's hope for that we did see a little bit from like lucy single showed a bit last year including there was one one pretty special goal and we know what kalinda house can do when she gets up and running as well and is is at her best so there are a few things to like it's just making it happen and as i think you probably summed it up there marissa it's you want them to gain ground, but how much, well, you, we expect improvement, but how much does that translate into actually gaining a lot of significant ground on the teams they're up against? It's going to, it's going to be interesting to see. So we're at the halfway point of this season preview. We're now talking about the Giants. It was a tough season for them last year for multiple reasons, but they were kind of mid-table-ish. So what direction do we see them kind of moving in or are they going to be mid-table again, Marnie? Yeah, I have them pretty smack bang in the middle, I think. I don't see them moving too far up or sliding too far down. I'm so excited to see what Chloe Dalton can do there. I mean, also her going home, I think that players perform better when they're happy and she's mentioned how happy she is to be back in Sydney. So I think that will have an impact on how she plays, even though she's already an amazing player. And she's one of those players that makes the players around her better. So it would be interesting to see how the rest of the team fall around as, you know, the season sort of gets going. They've also got a lot of other big names. So they're a team that should do well on paper. I think that they're a team that should do quite well. You know, Alice Parker, Alicia, Eva, Corey Stanton. I'm so keen. I can't remember what the stat was, but I heard the other. I heard the other day. So you could take this from Twitter, probably. <laughs> but that, um, like GWS have only won a handful of games if Stanton hasn't kicked a goal. Like she's crucial to their success. So let's hope that she can keep on keeping on, keep on kicking those goals. But, yeah, I kind of just see them running, you know, a bit of run of the mill just in the middle. But I do want to see them do well. I will be excited to see them do well if they can do it. And also similar to Crows, this is a year before their interstate rival comes in, so before Swans come in. So they'll be looking to make the most of that. And I know they've got a draftee, Jess Doyle, and she's come from the Sydney's Academy. She captained the under-19 Sydney's Academy. So they've got players who theoretically will probably 
help out Sydney's the Sydney Swans when they come in. So they'll be really looking to capitalise on the strength of their playing group this year and try and make finals with them. I reckon if the Giants are listening in, that comment, run of the mill, is one of those ones that they're going to write down and they stick it up on the whiteboard in the change room and they uh, they try and prove you wrong. It's uh, oh, sorry, Giants. I, I actually have them to to bump up the ladder a little bit. I reckon they're going to play finals. They've, they're one of my improvers this year. I know they've lost Jess Dalpos, who, as I mentioned earlier, Ray Carlton is a, is a super classy top player, but... Um, I really like their midfield depth. I, th- I think Alicia Reeve is a fantastic leader and and player. Elise Park is a star. We know that she's only going to get only going to get better. And I, I've loved watching the um, the sort of over their careers, her and then Maddie Prasparkas at Carlton, who have sort of been like toe to toe. Like one goes up and then the other goes up, and it's been, it's been really exciting to watch. And I think she's just going to go from strength to strength. Uh, pretty astute recruiting. Um, agree on Chloe Dalton. A happy player is generally a player performing at their best and she's a, a top player as it is. Um, and in terms of, there's a lot of talk and a lot of hype around Ali Morfitt as well. I'm hearing a lot of good things coming out of Jennifer. So they seem quite excited about what she can deliver as well as Jess Dorn, who you mentioned. I also think Jazz Grierson and Katie Loins are just two rock solid players that can really add a bit. We know what Loins can do in and under. I mentioned their midfield and she just adds another level of hardness that um, allows players to push forward or you can push an Eva out, you know, further to the wing. Like you have, you have options there. It just adds a bit more. And Grierson is, is versatile and reliable and um, just a good club person as well to, to bring in. And yeah, I think, I think they'll kind of like what I said about Carlton, they'll be, they'll be stinging a little bit about not maybe performing to their own expectations last season. I know it's been difficult in Sydney in terms of the build-up and they've had a couple of players miss a little bit of pre-season with, with COVID and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I just think they're generally a known quantity and um, they, they live up to big games. They like playing in big games and facing good teams and upsetting upsetting teams. They, like the, they tend to play well as the underdogs as well. So, yeah, I, I just reckon you mentioned um, – Coruscant as well, um, there, man. You, she can always create something out of nothing. So, yeah, I, I reckon they can play finals, the Giants. Speaking of finals, let's talk about another team, Melbourne. I'm not going to, like, do any sort of ramble. I'm simply going to pose the question, flag Ds, Anna? Can they do the double? Yes, uh, but I predict them to win the flag nearly every year and they never do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm jinxing them, but... Yeah, they're always there or thereabouts. They just, they're one of those teams that I think uh, would have been really flat when the season got cut short a couple of years ago. And then they've been their own worst enemy so many times. I think the year the Western Bulldogs won the flag, they should have. And they, um, yeah, tripped themselves up and they, it seems to happen a lot. But yeah, they're always going to be there or thereabouts. I, I just reckon Taylor Harris is the perfect pickup for them. Um, she's, seems really happy it's where she's back to where it all began for her in terms of club stuff I I was working at the days um in their social media when Taylor was playing in those exhibition games and she was this raw like exciting teenager that just jumped on people's heads and um I, I hope that she can sort of get back to that raw just enthusiasm and love of the game and all the all the noise coming out of Melbourne and also from Taylor seems to be that that is the case um, a lot of their senior players, Daisy Pierce being 
foremost amongst them know what Taylor can do and know her well and go a lot go back a long way with her and just in terms of what she can provide on on the field as well we saw um, we saw plenty from them last year and we know what Eden Zanker in particular can do in terms of her athleticism and ability to to go through the middle and also have a scoreboard impact up front. Um, I think if they can get the most out of Taylor Harris and get her, um, you know, clunking the ball and using her athleticism, she doesn't even necessarily need to be kicking bags of goals because I don't think that is necessarily her. I know her goal kicking comes under scrutiny at times, but that's not what she's best at. She's great at being a focal point, a target player and bringing other players into the game. Um, And if, if they can get the best out of her, then, they should really be right in in the thick of favoritism, and you know you you look at players like Mithen and Paxman and Kate Hoare, Tyler Hanks. Like the quality just goes on and on. Libby Birch down back. Like there is so much quality there, um, and I'm going to be interested to see how Daisy Pierce goes playing up predominantly up forward. You'd think again this season. It's um, yeah. I think I think a lot of people want to see them do it, but it's going to be interesting. Can they? Marnie, can they do it? Is it going to be flag Ds? Are they going to do the double? I'm so excited for the Ds to make it to the finals. And then we see all those like do it for Daisy memes. Do you know what I'm talking about? With like the Simpsons. Yeah, I'm just so excited for that. I think it, it started last season, but this is the season we're really going to see it. It's going to be do it for Daisy. Um, but yes, I do see them. I've picked them as flag favorites as many experts have just gonna say I'm an expert from there (laughs) um yeah they're such a as you just basically everything that you said they're such an experienced and capable side they've got big names and they've got depth to their side the mid the back the front it's all looking so good I'm so excited to see Tyler Hanks just do better and better you know I'm just hearing out of the D's that she's getting fitter and stronger and she was already the rising star Kate Hall kicked four goals in the Pracky match against Collingwood so there's so much young talent that's just growing and they're already a really experienced side I see them well yeah I really want them to get it and I'm a bit cautious of jinxing it because everyone's saying they're going to get it, but I'll back it in. At some point, like, they're going to have to just do it. Like, the expectation is just growing and growing and they've had such a quality team for so long. Um, One thing that could be really handy come the pointy end of the season is if Olivia Purcell does make that comeback from her ACL, their, their new recruit, such a big loss for Geelong. And I think if she is fit and can even just offer a little bit of a contribution, same, it's not soccer because you could just off the bench, but like if you can get fitness and sort of add a little bit come the, the tail end of the season, that's it's it's really exciting. The thing they have as well as Lauren Pierce is just such a quality ruck. Like she is so good. Like clearly, don't want to say clearly the best ruck in the comp, but in terms of what she offers, the most well-rounded ruck and in terms of what she gives that midfield it's yeah it's it's just fantastic and the the good thing about them as well is they've got young players coming through like we saw a bit of what Alyssa Bannon can do they obviously rate um Eliza McNamara as well so yeah they've got a they've got a lot to like about them and I don't think they've lost too much as well we saw some really good players obviously the likes of Teague Cunningham and Meg Downey have retired but there isn't too much in terms of what they've in terms of what they've lost and yeah I I, I do think that if they can, it's it's a lot of it is going to hinge on how they can get the best out of Harris and how she can give them something 
different. She doesn't necessarily have to come out and be the best player in the AFLW, but if she can give them, I guess, that extra bit of, I guess... An extra bit of an extra dynamic in attack and give them some give opponents something else to think about. Like a player like that, you you can't stop them when they're when they're jumping and they're taking marks and when she's at her best, it's just gonna be, yeah. Yeah, something to behold if they can get it all together. Let's move along to North Melbourne, sixth in 2021, crashed out in the qualifying finals. Where are they kind of at, Marnie, heading into 2022? I've got a question mark over North. I feel like they're a strong side. They've got some experience in there. They've shown that they can be quite competitive. But whenever I think about top four, I feel like they're just not making it for some reason. For me, I think that they just miss, they just miss the mark ever so slightly. So I hope they kind of prove me wrong. I, I feel like they're everyone else's Brisbane where, like, I forget about them and I shouldn't because they're a really good side. One thing they do get is they get Jess Duffin back, who is a star and adds so much, I assume, you know, off the halfback line. Um, she just reads the ball better than just about anyone. But maybe Jazzy Garner, her teammate in the competition. Like, they, when you've got players like that, it is just you're always going to be right in the mix. Ash Riddell is so reliable um through the midfield as well you it's, it's kind of like what we're saying with Chris Barkers at Carlton when you've got a player like that who can always win the ball sort of at will and, and just sh- shovel it out to your, your teammates you're always going to be in a really good position um there's obviously question marks over Emma Carney um playing round one because she's returned a couple of positive rapid antigen tests so, um so hopefully she is okay um even if she misses round one hopefully it's a, a fast recovery um but yeah that there's still so much quality in this team. It's it's really going to be interesting because I think Jenna Bruton's a fantastic player. Um, I mentioned Riddell before. Jazzy Garner just never seems to finish as high in the AFLW Best and Fairest Awards as I think she should because I reckon she is an out-and-out star. Like We talk see it a lot in the men's game. We talk about that midfield-forward combination. And in terms of her midfield craft combined with her work as a leading and marking forward, she is just an out and out star and when you got a player like that you're always um I think going to be going to be right in the thick of things um they didn't do a huge amount in terms of the recruiting front like they were really keen on getting Kim Rennie and they managed to to get her across otherwise they more sort of more sort of hit the draft um but yeah I don't know this it's another team where there's a lot of consistency in their lineup and I think that that can do a lot um they're not necessarily an aging squad either like I know players like Ashmore and Carney are around that sort of 30 and, and Duffin as well, but they don't feel like they're, you know, hitting the tail end of their careers per se. Um, yeah, I, I still feel like they're going to be there or thereabouts. Like you can't count them out. If there's anyone that I think we we're talking about, a lot of people are almost penciling in that top four is going to see Melbourne, Brisbane, Collingwood, Adelaide, whatever order you feel like. But North still for me seem like the team that can just charge in and, and make it, make it happen and be right in the in the thick of things. I also think that they're um they've got such a it's different but it's at the same time sort of powerful group of forwards and they're yeah they're always like Daria Bannister is always just seems on the verge of doing something special. And I think when when you've got players like that, you you're always gonna you're always gonna be difficult 
to to handle. And I think if they can sort of um, get the best out of her, keep her on the on the park, most importantly, and sort of combine her with their other forwards and also get the balance right in terms of Ghana's time forward, they can be really potent again. And they do get a lot of goals from midfield, which is um, something that um, the good teams tend to do. We'll talk about another Victorian side in Richmond. They finally got some wins on the board in 2021. Some of their absolute superstars were really firing. They will be missing a couple of players this season, but Marnie, what are you kind of seeing from this Tigers side? I was really impressed with Richmond last season, and I think that their wins put a little fire underneath them and gave them so much momentum they're watching them win was some of the most exciting moments last season. I think watching them get their first win at Punt Road and the excitement of that whole team, you could feel its cohesiveness. Like it was a win for all of them together, which was so exciting. They have, oh, and I'm so excited for the Hosking Twins to be back together and playing. I was kind of, I thought it might have been good for them to play a part and to really make them their own players and have that name just for themselves. But now that they are coming back together, I'm 100% for it and I just want to see it happen. And I'm so excited to see Jess losing Sabrina Frederick to Collingwood. Um, it'll shake up their team a little bit, but I think it will be more of an opportunity for someone else to step up. And I think Poppy Kelly will be such a valuable addition to that forward line. Um, I see good things. I d- I don't see finals, but I see good things. And I feel like they'll just build on that momentum that they had last season and hopefully keep that team cohesiveness to keep pushing. One thing that hurts them is they're going to be without um, Ellie McKenzie at the start of the season. And she's just such a class player and such a quality player with that, that weird calf injury that they're, um, yeah, they're not too happy with over at Tigerland, the, the poor thing. She's such a, such a quality player. Um, that said, it's, is going to mean more workload for Monique Conti, who I'm really excited to see because this is the first preseason that she's had that's just been footy where she's not been playing basketball. So um, we've seen in other sports the impact of what it can do for players when they're once they get to obviously professional level, once they are specialising and not trying to juggle. Um, Elise Perry finishing soccer and just taking off to a new level in cricket is probably the prime example. And Conti is already such a class player and a young player, and I think he's only going to get better and better. I like what you said about Poppy Kelly there, um, Marnie. I think she's a, a really good foil to come in. Um, my strongly held opinion that has been pretty much all through the AFLW, especially since her move to Richmond, is that Katie Brennan should play forward um, rather than midfield. And we saw, um, I guess, Richmond reap some rewards of her spending more time forward last season. Um because I think she's just one of the most natural key forwards in the game and she's a superstar that she is when she plays forward. And I know that her athleticism can lend her to playing in the midfield, but I think it's so much better to watch when she is just smashing defenders with her, um, I guess, her fitness and her athleticism and her ability and um, being a genuine, like, key forward. And I think that's something that Richmond have that not too many other teams have. So um, I'm excited to see how how Katie can kick on um and congratulations to Katie Brennan who actually got engaged very recently but um she I thought she yeah had a clearly her best season at, at Richmond last last year and should only should only improve but yeah generally it, it feels like there's a lot of optimism around around Richmond they 
I think it's the sort of thing, what they did last season is what teams like Geelong and uh, Gold Coast will want, will be wanting to do because it gave a platform and now they'll be feeling really optimistic that they can kick on again. And, and Jess Hosking's a, a handy a handy pickup, as you, as you mentioned, Marnie. It's, yeah, it's a general vibe of positivity. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to translate to finals, but I think they should just continue to improve and that's sort of the minimum you ask for, isn't it? Let's move along to, I've dubbed them the team that just made a lot of headlines, but maybe not necessarily for the best or most positive reasons. It's St Kilda. So we know they've got new coach, Nick Del Santo. They'll be without a couple of really important midfielders in George Patricios and Tiana Smith. So what do we expect then from this Saint side when there has been a lot of kind of maybe not necessarily change, but there's been a lot of noise and a lot of kind of movement and eyes on them. What do we kind of imagine is going to happen in their their season, money? It's so interesting because, again, I feel like the Saints have only had negative headlines or kind of negativity around them in the preseason. And so I'm very excited to see them run out and prove to us what has actually been happening there? Um, the biggest question will be that midfield losing Tiana Smith and Georgie Patricios is some massive holes. But I think it just sets up an opportunity for other players to step in and give, be given a chance. There's Liv Vesley who will really boost that midfield group. And she'll be given an opportunity with those missing players to really step up. And I think that that can be really exciting. It's where some of the best players are made in situations like this. Also with the new coach, that's been a huge question mark over the Saints and how that will affect them. But I don't really think there's been anything other than a question mark over it said so far. So we'll um, we'll have to see. I'm excited. I like the Saints. I think they're expecting maybe Tani White to step into midfield a bit as well. Obviously, with losing with losing Patricios and, and Smith, um, you d- you just can't look past what big blows those absences are, and you wonder what sort of impact um, it's had in terms of, I guess the um, how their players have dealt with it. Like it, it seems like with Hannah Priest talking to to media during the week, sort of you know played it down, said so they're still you know supporting Patricos to make a decision, whatever. I think until we know whether she's sitting out the season or whether she's planning to to get the jab and and maybe play some role, it's going to sort of hang over them a little bit, unlike the Varnhagen situation where Adelaide sort of done, done and dusted a, a little while back. Now it's, it is still a talking point, like we're, you know, a couple of days out from the season and it was a talking point this week in, in press conferences. So, I mean, when your best player is likely to sit out the season is it's yeah it's difficult but it feels like it's not reached a resolution as yet um as much as you know the Saints are saying they're supporting her giving her time to make a decision the end of the day they're still going into round one of a season where they would have been hoping to push for finals without their best player um so yeah it's going to be interesting and I mean it's hard not to see them slide or stay sort of in the same spot without such a classy player and obviously Tiana Smith as well is it's a couple of really big really big losses but yeah I guess it will be a test for I like what you said Marnie about 
getting some other young players will get a chance to show what they can do, a chance to step up, a chance to try and make an impact. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's why that round one clash with Richmond is so intriguing because we just talked about all that sort of positivity around Richmond and then St Kilda have had a very different vibe and they're going head-to-head. So, And I, I do actually, as I know, love that that is being played at, at Skybus Stadium. I, I think it's important to remember that footy isn't just for those of us who live near the inner suburbs. It's, it's great to see places... Um, like Frankston, I know Skybus Stadium very well. It's um, it's great to see places like that get footy come out there. If you live more than an hour away from the cities, it's nice to to get some in in places like that. So it's um, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. It's sort of a bit of a watch this space for St Kilda, I think, and we'll get an idea early on as to as to how they're handling everything. And then it's yeah, once the season's off and running, it's how they can roll on from there. We're heading into the the final couple of teams. So let's talk a little bit about West Coast. They were kind of firmly a a bottom side last season. Had just an absolute truckload of injuries, some of them more common, others like Dana Hooker's very bizarre. I have said that it's probably the weirdest injury we will ever hear in AFLW history because, like, who, who, how does that happen to someone? But... Assuming we have a, a clean bill of health for the Eagles, Anna, what do you see the, the Eagles actually doing this season? Well, um, I should have mentioned this with Fremantle, but what I don't envy them about is they're likely to spend a, a bit of time on the road. Um, well, they will spend a bit of time on the road. We we know that's happening. Um, they're going to play the Derby round one, which great litmus test first up because they've not traditionally been very competitive in these derbies. A lot of off-season change, like a lot of the listings. Um, not a huge amount in terms of, I guess, recruiting. We know that Evie Gooch has come across from Frio, Amy Schmidt from GWS. Yet they got a couple of, obviously they got a couple of wins on the board last year and it's, yeah, it's hard to know where they're, where they're going to, where they're going to sit like, I think it's kind of similar to your, to your Richmond's. It's about getting more improvement. I don't necessarily expect that finals is going to be on the agenda. I think that's still a still a way off, but they do need to climb the ladder. Another difficult thing, first-year coach, um, Michael Pryor, I think he's their third coach in three seasons. There's not been a heap of stability for the Eagles, which is really, really difficult. And I mentioned how many delistings they've just been as well. So I guess it's, yeah, just trying to, trying to lift themselves lift themselves up, develop, get more wins. Um, I mean, we enjoyed what we saw from um, from Bella Lewis last season for the Eagles as a player who I think will be looking to to kick on again after really impressing first up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's that Derby round one. It's easy. It's an easy thing to circle. It's an easy thing to get up for, an easy way to try and prove a point and to, to set the tone for your season one way or the other. And I was pretty impressed with them in the Prakki match where they beat Frio, the first time ever they've beat Frio. And even though I think Fremantle were missing some key players, it still builds that momentum for them. We've done it once. We can do it again. It sets that belief in them. And, you know, they won 5-2 to 3-5. That's a pretty solid win, I would say. So let's hope that that can just keep them, keep them pushing. And last but not least, we do need to talk about the Western Bulldogs. Eighth last season, I would argue we've kind of spoken about a few teams that are like they're in that kind of building phase, and I think you could make the argument that that was the Dogs last season. So, Money, have they done enough to kind of go from mid-table to a potential finals berth? 
Just looking at the team alone, I think I would say yes, but then looking at the competition, I'm less likely to have them up playing finals. I just don't think they're as competitive as some of those other teams. I think they might be getting close and they'll be pushing for it, but I don't know if they'll actually make it. In our predictions, I do have them as my biggest slider, which breaks my heart a little bit because I do like them. I think they've got some really great players, really exciting players. I mean, Ellie Blackburn, one of the best in the comp. I'm ruining all the predictions early, but I've got her as best and fairest. <laughs> even though I don't have the Bulldogs doing that well. Um, also Huntington, I'm so excited to watch Huntington just continue to deliver. She's one of those players that can, well, she's proven she can play forward back. So wherever they put her, she'll definitely make an impact on the game. Yeah, I think it's one that they're one of those teams, the dogs, where it's like they've just got some players that are just pure quality. Ellie Blackburn's one of my favourite players to watch in the comp, um, you know, does it all in midfield and hits the scoreboard as well. And just, yeah, just an absolute star. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be sort of repeating you in that sense. Excited to see how um, Deanna Berry comes back from her ACL. Um, I think the dogs did miss her last, I mean, last season. They, I think she's a pretty handy player. Interested to see how Rocky Cranston goes, joining from Geelong. I think potential to add a little bit of extra spark. But, yeah, it, they're kind of a known quantity but not at the same time because there's so much potential with a lot of their players. Like Huntington, as you say, Marnie can play forward, can play back, can do it all, but still has such a high ceiling because of those injuries early in her career and because of being swapped between forward and back. It's going to be interesting to see how she settles and if she can just kick on again because she is a star and I think is only going to get better and better. Um and Jess Fitzgerald as well. Um, we I really like what we saw from her first up, the number two draft pick, and she's surely only gonna gonna get better. It, they would have been pretty flat about about losing Gabby Newton um, and injuries for the season with that shoulder. Um, and yeah, they've got. I mean, Melbourne first up will be a really good litmus test for them to see where they're at. And they're traditionally always so competitive in those games against Melbourne. So I say it's a litmus test, but maybe not. Um, but they do have a reasonable start to the season um, in terms of, you know, Melbourne and they've got Geelong, Carlton, GWS, Richmond to sort of kick it off. So if they can get off to a, like that's a, a bunch of games that they should really be competitive in, if not expecting to potentially expecting to win. So yeah, they're, I think, yeah, finals seems like where they, should be around and about. Um, it's just a matter of whether some of those young bodies can, I guess, stand up um, because we did see them sort of fade last year. So it's, um, yeah, I think sort of around the mark without necessarily being a contender is sort of where I've got them pegged early on. And that's every team, guys. We've only gone and done it. So let's quickly run through the round one fixtures. Season 2022 starts with St Kilda and Richmond down in Frankston, as Anna mentioned. On Saturday, we've got quite a few games. We've got North hosting Geelong, the Hampson-Hardeman Cup with the Bulldogs and Melbourne on Saturday night. We've got the Derby between Freo and the Eagles. And then Sunday, we've got Carlton Collingwood, which has been a traditional kind of season opener. Um, We've got Gold Coast hosting the Giants and then the grand final rematch, Adelaide taking on Brisbane to round things out. There's a lot of very tasty clashes in amongst uh, round one, so cannot wait to watch them all. So even though we have basically sprinkled predictions throughout this entire 
pod episode. We will have a formal predictions uh, section, I suppose, if you want to call it. So we'll quick fire around the Zoom. One word answers. You don't need to explain. We'll just we'll let the you know preceding preview kind of explain everything. So, Marnie, Premier, whomst. I'm so glad that you said one word answers. I'm already gearing up to defend all of my answers. Anyway, Premier. Don't do it. <laughs> um, runner up, Collingwood. Wooden Spoon, Gold Coast. Best and fairest, Ellie Blackburn. Leading goal kicker, Darcy Vessio. Rising star, Georgie Prasparkis. And I'm just going to say my big call of the year is that we'll actually just get a whole season <laughs> and COVID can just get in the bin. A big call we can all support. Let's be real. Anna, what are your predictions for the season? Pressure's on. I realised I didn't actually have a runner-up listed. <laughs> there we go. Great times, classic hits. Um, it's pre-season for all of us still. Um, anyway, Premiers, Melbourne. Uh, runners up, mm, Brisbane, uh, Wooden Spoon, sorry, Gold Coast, Vesna Ferris, Ebony Marinoff, leading goal kicker, Chloe Malloy, rising star, Georgie Prasparkas. And my big call is, um, I don't know how big this is, that Taylor Harris is going to be the missing piece to Melbourne's premiership puzzle. Very good. I'm very embarrassed by my answers and I had to make sure that they were in front of me because even though we have written an article with our predictions, they have already gone straight out of my head. So apologies if there are discrepancies between my answers. But for me, I see the Ds lifting the cup. I have Collingwood as my runner-up, but I'm not sure about that one anymore. Wooden Spoon, unfortunately, for Gold Coast. I think Bree Davey is going to win the best and fairest once again. I have Chloe Malloy as my leading goal kicker and Georgie Prasparkas as my rising star because I just think she is a star. I just think she's neat. Um, (laughs) I really do. I I just looked at her article and I had Collingwood as runner-up, so it's going to be one of Collingwood or Brisbane, which means Adelaide are now going to make the grand final. All the Suns will surprise us all. (laughs) Now that's a big story. That's a big call. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, that's... That's us done. That's our preview done. Remember that we will be chatting about footy weekly from now on and you'll be able to find all our takes, both written and audio, on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. We're on Twitter at Footy Tips, so feel free to have a chat to us there. We also have a footy tipping competition. We are the ESPN Footy Tips podcast, so we'll share some links there if you want to battle it out against us uh, in the tipping competition. But We can't wait for the season to start and to keep talking to you all about footy. So let's go. See you later. Listen to all the latest episodes by subscribing to the ESPN Footy Pod wherever you get your podcasts.